Welcome to another episode of Three Men and a War Game. Uh, I'm Paul, and I actually have internet speed. Yay! Uh, yeah. And I'm Chops, or Kevin, uh, and I also have internet speed. Whoa. I've always had it, though. Yeah, you've <laughs> always had it. I Mine, mine sucked. Um, Chris is not with us at the moment. He should be joining us when he is available, which will be awesome. Um, so we'll get, we'll get him on and, and talk to him a bit too. Uh, but chops, let's, uh, let's just go straight for, let's uh, go for hobby. hobby progress. Yeah. yeah. What, what have you been up to my friend? Um, I've been doing a lot. Uh, I finished up my, um, I don't know if I mentioned that I finished up my dark carnival, uh, box for Malifaux. Nice. Um, so I've got that whole box painted, which feels good. Um, I have a couple units of Bolton Blackguards now. I bought two units of Bolton Blackguards. I also bought uh, an additional, a couple extra boxes of Bolton Cutthroats. Uh, <laughs> so I have four units to paint now. Uh, okay. If you're keeping track, that's 48 miniatures. Uh, really, it's more than that. Uh, it's 52 miniatures. Um to paint as <laughs> wishbone well, everybody well, my dog well, everybody for everybody that's uh keeping up with the stingers they'll be glad to hear wishbone barking in the background <laughs> in the actual episode yep <laughs> he's uh barking at a squirrel that's uh eating a pumpkin in our front yard because <laughs> why wouldn't he be uh anyway so i have a lot of a song of ice and fire minis to paint again uh and i'm really really stoked i haven't had a chance to play with my black guards yet but i'm really excited to uh have a little bit more unit choices because i feel like the boltons were probably pretty strong in the early uh song of ice and fire meta uh and i think they probably had game all the way through and i wasn't really good enough to play them but now that i have some extra options uh and a very solid tanky piece which is what they were missing uh in having these black guards now um i feel like i'll be able to maybe win some games it'll be nice <laughs> well you, you mean a a tanky unit that wasn't 10 points right yeah and also i mean also tanky in that when you attack them you have to take a check that can make you lose models before you even attack right right that's understandable so that'll be a, that'll be a, a great addition it sounds like yeah, for sure. Awesome. Uh, I did a thing about with you? my Song of Ice and Fire stuff. Oh no! Tell me about it. Um, I parted with my free folk. So, um, I know you made a post on the uh, the a Song of Ice and Fire group about it, and it yeah. seemed like a lot of people were missing the point, uh, and that you didn't give them up because you weren't winning with them, and you didn't give you didn't give up without having given it some serious thought, like. And they couldn't have known that, but I've I've known right that you've been sort of dissatisfied them with them since game one. <laughs> yes, uh, I've been dissatisfied like a pit bull looking at a squirrel eating a pumpkin. <laughs> Dude, he is pissed off. I'm about to lock him somewhere. Hey. Um, but yeah, I I've I've always been somewhat not connected to them. And I've, so the more I played them, the more angry I got at them. And it was getting to the point where anytime I played them, I hated it. 
Um, it was starting to feel more like a chore than anything else. And not for lack of trying, not for a lack of winning. Uh, I mean, yeah, I had some, some bad games in there, but it was just, even when I was doing okay with them or figuring stuff out, it was just, I, I don't know, for whatever reason, they just made me mad. So I, uh, I just, I decided that, that as I'm reorganizing stuff in my hobby room, I didn't even want to find a place for them to, to keep them around for now. So they're, they're gone. But they're in good hands. They're, they're in, in good, good hands. hands. Yep. And also, you're not done with a song of ice and fire, right? That's the no, important. No, part. no, no. I, it, and that and that was the other thing. I was afraid that if I kept playing with them, it would sour me on the entire game. Um, and I I didn't want that to be the case either, because it is a great game and it's a lot of fun to play. So I couldn't see ruining everything just to to kind of stick with the faction I was kind of meh on. And and I'm pretty sure that when I played. When I played with Chris, I'm pretty sure I was no fun to play either. Yeah, just because you weren't feeling it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like anytime anything happened, I'd be like, "Oh, of course, yeah. Let me just pick up this whole tray of dudes." <laughs> well, hopefully, you know, you'll either try out the Lannisters or you'll be you'll be much more happy with the Dothraki and uh, the Targaryen fat forces when they arrive. Yeah, and that's the goal is to kind of dabble with the the Lannisters until we see what the Targaryens bring, especially now that I know more about the game and and, and all that type of stuff. So I think I can make a more informed decision. For um, sure. But I mean, I mean, as of right now, uh, you know, I I really like the Lannisters in that they're kind of tanky and their way of hitting back is a little unconventional in that it's not a physical hit back; it's a morale hit back. Whereas your Baratheons tend to have that actual physical hit back. Right. So it, it, should, it should be interesting just to kind of uh, look and see, see what happens. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not walking away, walking away. Uh, but I mean, at the same time, though, I know, I know you said that some people missed the point of the conversation I tried to start on the, on the, web, on the Facebook page. Uh, some did. people got it, though, because there were definitely yep. some people that said like, oh, I, I can see why, you know, you might not enjoy them. They are definitely right. a, a faction that's high learning curve. And, and you know, I, I don't take that to necessarily mean that, like, you know, I'm not willing to play them. But one of the first things I said to you guys after reading the cards was, oh, this is the finesse faction. Yep. Yeah. They, you know, they were, so it's, and it's not it's not. Yeah. And it's not just the finesse. Right. It's also that, like, well, I guess it is finesse because it's high. They're highly punitive for any mistakes. Right. So correct. it is a matter of, of, of some serious finesse and maybe not a good first faction uh, no, especially definitely, definitely not a good first faction and i think that they probably are better now that stuff has come out but i just i just can't bring myself to commit to them that's fine i mean once you're soured on something right it's hard to get reinvigorated and if you can unload them to someone who's going to give you a fair price for them and then you can just either filter that money into something you want to play or you know into something where you'll want to play that same game system later like who, who cares man it's it's your stuff um, and if you weren't having fun with it, ultimately you shouldn't keep it. That's right. That's right. So it'll it'll likely get turned into Republic clones. <laughs> Let that be a lesson to anybody listening. If you don't like the thing that you're playing, stop. Just, yeah, exactly. Just stop. Don't force yeah. yourself. Yeah, um, you're just going to be more miserable. Move on. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So that was my big thing. But other hobby stuff, I've been I've been working. I didn't get as much done as I would have liked because I I was staying at Chris's house. Uh, off and on watching his dog and all that stuff. So I was I was back and forth between my house and his house. 
So I didn't like take painting stuff with me and I wasn't here enough to paint, but I did manage to get some foam and some pluck foam and pluck some foam for some uh, Star Wars ship games. Uh, so nice. a bunch of my X-Wing ships are now in pluck foam. Armada ships are in pluck foam. And I'm really excited about the way I, I pluck foam my X-Wing stuff because I, I plucked it and I plucked space for the, the cards that slot into the base as well as the dials. So they're all right there with the ship in the foam. Very nice. So if you get if you get two inch foam, you can turn those straight up. So this way they slide right in. They won't they won't come out like just you know in transportation or anything like that. That's legit. So it's yeah, I'm I'm super stoked about it. And I also realized I have way too many X wings. Yeah, I've oh like the actual ship X wings. Gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. I. Because I picked up like I picked them up willy nilly at the transition of of uh, from second. first edition to second edition because they were all like at Barnes and Noble and were half price cheap. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh, I have six of them. Dude, there's an FLGS that's going out of business in my area, and as they uh, as the days wind down to their last day, they're going to be offering deeper and deeper discounts. I'm going to buy, yeah, and if there's, like, X-Wing stuff or Citadel paints, like, oh, my, I might just try to finish off my contrast range. Like, I have all the contrast paints that I really want, but I'm still missing a few of them because they're not cheap, right? They're, like, seven bucks a pop. Yeah. Uh, But if I can get them at, like, 45% off, I'll probably buy the ones I'm still missing because, you know, two for one, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, that's uh, not a bad deal at all. And if there's some Armada stuff, I might grab that and, you know, board games or whatever. I'll just have to see what's not completely picked over. And uh, we'll uh, we'll let that slide on the ADD challenge because that's... Yeah, it's kind, of a, it's kind of a, you know, wanting to support the owners there. It's not that the, the shop wasn't doing fine. The owners were older. Uh, mm-hmm. The store's been owned by the same group for the entire time they've been open. And they're kind of like people that are resistant to technology. Okay. Uh, and also to social media and, and despite all that, the business has still done well, right? Like, right. But, but they want to retire and they didn't really want to sell the business as like a turnkey or they did, but the way they were selling it was too restrictive for pretty much any potential buyer. So it's just closing because it's closing, not because like they were forced down by the strong hand of Amazon or something. It's really right. just that like the owners are retiring. So actually going in there and buying the clearance stuff is helping the owners right 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 you're not you're not just trying to pay off their debt you're you're helping them helping them retire up to the lake country or whatever exactly liquidate their stock so they don't have to worry about any of that stuff after they actually shut the doors permanently right oh the one other hobby thing i i i did get some painting done after getting back from chris's uh i got the first flesh tones on my germans nice Uh, still still working on them that's what like four episodes in a row now where i've been Working on working my Germans. On Germans. Yeah. yeah. But I'm also busted out my uh, Wave 2 Rebels, and I'm working on them a little bit because some for some reason, painting the Germans has inspired me to paint the Rebels. I don't know why, but what the connection is there, but it's uh, it's making me want to paint both. <laughs> hey, it works. It works. Yep. I've uh, I've painted uh, three Bolt, Bolton Black Guards now. Um also, like units another... or, or models? Oh, models. Just models. <laughs> Three of the first 13 in the first box. Um, okay. But I painted them each uh, in, a, in one night. So, um, you know, oh, if I can finish nice. a unit every other week, that's, yeah. I think, pretty good progress, right? Like 14 
28 models in a month, really. Yeah. Not so bad. Um, no, that's, that's really good. Because that's about how much time I get is enough time to paint one. Because, uh, you know, unlike my Malifaux minis and some of the other things, these are still 100% contrast because I want them to match the army that I painted over the summer. Right. Um, so they paint up pretty quick. Uh, each black guard takes about 35 minutes, so it's not so bad. And they look pretty good. Awesome. Um, that's good. Yeah, so I put booked... a picture on the Discord. So anybody who's on the Discord, you can see the first one that I finished. Yeah, and if you're not on the Discord, come on, join the Discord. Yeah, it's Discord's awesome. great. Yeah, I mean, it's been... It's, uh, like, we've had some really good stuff going on on, on, on the Discord over the past couple weeks. Agreed. Um, and something that I want to say, actually, quick, before it leaves my mind about the Discord. I, I'm pretty so. sure it's going to be something that I wanted to say, so go for it. Oh, well, uh, it, it's friend of the show, Don. Uh, oh, okay, maybe. Or I don't, know how, I don't know how he likes to be referred to, Don, Donald. I, has been sort of wanting me to champion carnival because like i'm the guy in the area that can get a new game at least get people to try a new game and in hobby, hobby progress i have over the summer sort of silently finished the entire without talking about it the entire carnival two-player starter set and i put together and reinforced all the scenery over the last week too so i just want to put it in writing right it's basically me inking it in blood and making a promise to a listener that i'm gonna get the game played in the next two weeks and then report back and we'll do an episode on carnival awesome okay that's not what i was gonna say (laughs) all right what were you gonna say i was gonna say that we talked about like controversial topics and everybody stayed civil and like actually had discourse yeah, that was actually, that was pretty nice when that happened. Like, that's, that, to me, like, that's the greatest Rare, rare, ever. rare on the internet, and yeah. uh, also a sign of a pretty healthy community, that we were able to, like, keep it, keep a very, very volatile topic, very civil, and had a pretty good Discord about it, or Discord, yep. ha, <laughs> Discourse. Discord, Discourse. Yeah, it was, it was great, yes. and I mean, it didn't even, like, didn't even have to, like, rein anybody in or anything like that, it was, it was, it was great. Nope, it just so, happened naturally. Yeah, we didn't yeah. have to pull any admins shit or anything like that. Yeah, so come join us. It's a nice, happy, awesome place and lots of people playing games. And we just got, I don't know if you know this, Kevin, or not, uh, but we just added a Blood Bowl channel. I did see that. Our our local our local player, Britt, uh, is running a computer Blood Bowl tournament. Uh, and they needed a home to be able to communicate to each other. So that's there. So if you play Blood Bowl on the computer... Come hang out with them. I guarantee you, you'll play in the next one. Indeed, I've got a local Madison guy, actually, who's uh, on the Discord that is going to get on the next season. Awesome. Yeah, see? So so all kinds of fun stuff. Plus lots of good painting and uh, funny memes now, too. Just general hobby talk. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so come join us on Discord. But anyway, I'm, I'm done shilling our Discord. All right, so I have one little bit of other hobby progress that I'd like to talk about that's going to lead us into our main topic. Okay. So, uh, Paul, do you know another thing that I've done in the last two weeks? I do know another thing. Am I supposed to say, am I supposed to say oh, what have you done, Kevin, or am I supposed to actually guess correctly? <laughs> Go ahead and guess correctly. Have you happened to be spending 99 cents at places like Target for tiny cars and then taking I leftover have. bits from, say, like, Warhammer and gluing them onto them? I have, and then painting them and playing the amazing game published by Osprey and written by Mike Hutchinson, Gaslands. Yeah. Yeah, kudos to all of that because it's amazing. Yeah, um, and, it, and it's led me into a lot of things. Like the way that um, 
the and we'll we'll you know we'll talk about this later. I'm going to circle back to it, but remind me to circle back to what in the the meta of my hobby interest, the Gaslands book in general has done for sort of my hobby passion. Um, but let's talk about Gaslands because yeah yeah let, so. So let's uh, let's start with some background on the game because it's been out for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and yep. they just released the second edition. And so what I can say is, right when the original game, I I know because I have a first edition printing of um, of Gaslands, and it was 2017. Okay. Um, it was the because I I have a first printing, and I bought it because of the original hype around it as it was being released. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I got it when it was sold out for a while, and I felt guilty that I wasn't playing it. And then I never played it until Refueled, the new edition, came out. So I've got this copy of the original book um, that I've just been sitting on for two years. And now I feel like a total fool because of how good the game is. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, I never bought a copy, but friend of the show Jim did. And we have played it like once, and it was amazing. Oh yeah, it's it's very good. I think part of what got me into it is p- partly the second edition, and as I looked into the second edition, I realized that um, there's kind of an open gaming license um, for Gaslands called the Friends of Gaslands license agreement, and as long as somebody is a, a member of that Friends of Gaslands thing, like I don't think they have to pay Mike any royalties, and they can basically make official Gaslands gear. Oh, neat. Uh, Essentially. So all of the companies that you can think of um, that that would make uh, custom terrain like LitGo and Lasercraft Studios and Custom Meeple, they all make Gasland stuff that has all the official icons that are in the book um, because, because of the open license, they don't have to do things that are different from the book. They can use all of the symbols that exist, all the font, all the, like everything can be exactly as it is in the book because of that license, which is another really, uh, yeah, right. It's another awesome thing. And the proliferation of those accessories is wide now. Like you can just buy them on Amazon. So if you want a set of acrylic tokens, you can buy them on Amazon. If you want really nice, um, uh, engraved and screen printed dice. You can buy them on Amazon or in my case at Noble Knight. Uh, and even the, that FLGS that's going out of business was also carrying it. Um, oh, wow. so yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you want to get in on Gaslands, now is the time it is eminently available. I saw screenshots in the global Gaslands group on Facebook, which by the way, has like 15,000 members. It's huge. Uh, it's yeah, insane. It's, yeah, it's, it's one of the biggest miniatures games groups on Facebook um, that's not a Games Workshop adjacent one. I think it might be the biggest that's not game shop, Games Workshop adjacent. Um, but I saw pictures of Refueled at Barnes & Noble. So I let me Can I one-up you on that? Mm-hmm. I saw Gaslands Refueled on fucking South Park. Yeah, on South, right. I mean, we're talking about deep cultural penetration at this point. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Sitting on sitting on the bookshelf behind some behind one of the kids. Yeah. So, Gaslands. If you haven't heard of it, I don't know what rock you've been living under. Uh, if you haven't at least heard of it, Kevin, what, why don't you give us? Let's do this. Let's first go down what Gaslands is, right? Because we're kind of all excited about it, but we haven't even talked about what it is, right? Um. So let's let's start there. What I want to say is that I I can't do the game as much justice as Mike does in his own book. So in Gaslands, there's a thing that says Gaslands in 60 seconds, which is a fun nod to the culture in general. Uh, but 
Basically, what it says is Gaslands is a car combat game that combines toy cars, movement templates, and dice to allow you to race, skid, and blast your way through a post-apocalyptic dystopian future. Here's how it works in a nutshell. Each round in Gaslands is split into six gear phases, and each vehicle can be in one of six gears. Each round, you count up from gear one to gear six, and in each gear phase, you activate every vehicle that's in that gear or higher. This means that cars in higher gears get to activate more than cars in lower gears. So driving fast is good. However, the faster you go, the fewer movement templates are available for you to select from. In particular, making sharper turns becomes more difficult or impossible. Driving fast is good because you get more activations, but you need to be careful because you might not have the maneuverability to avoid that concrete wall you're speeding toward. Uh, Sounds about the, right. Yeah, that's that's about it. And in, in that's the nutshell description of it, right? So it's it's a game, it's a car combat game where you take uh, Hot Wheels scale games, you use movement templates, uh, much like the Flight Path or X-Wing system, mm-hmm. um, and you race cars or death race. And we'll get into some of the different game modes. But there's there's in in the new book there are tons of ways to play. Um, like there are at least four nine. Uh, 14 that are just listed in the main game modes. Well, damn. Right. Oh, and, that, and that's wrong. There's even four more than that. So um, a ton of them, right? Yeah, we're getting um, at like Malifaux level. Exactly. And that's not counting the campaign system and the campaign specific scenarios. Jeez. Okay. Um, and all the different narrative types that, that are inside this specific book in this book beautiful beautiful 192 page book so did you get uh did you get a hard copy of it or did you pdf and print i i i actually um have been collecting the hardbound osprey books um so i have all of them uh and so i bought one right because i so i've got like the reality's edge the last days Gaslands, the uh, Frostgrave, Gar- ghost archipelago all those games mm-hmm. so i have the hardcover okay awesome Neat little hobby, bonus extra hobby. Okay. Um, so I have the book and I have uh, some pages marked to go over some specific things about the game. All right. Well, let's uh, let's start with this, Kev. Uh, what if if I'm going to be playing uh, Gaslands? What do I need? Yeah. All right. So all you need, truly, you need a printer. Or access to a photocopier at a place like Staples. Mm-hmm. You need some toy matchbox cars. Okay. And something that can have be a facsimile of terrain. Okay. That, that's what you need. That's like, it. Huh? Literally, literally yeah, and you, you can play the game with just that. Because you the, the templates that you need and all the movement stuff. Oh, and you need some D6s. You also need D6s. Okay. Um, but the templates that you need and everything you need to write up your vehicle dashboards are in the back of the book. And the book literally tells you to photocopy them out and, and, uh, and, and uh, cut them. Okay. Uh, and it even tells you how to, like, how much to enhance them if you want to scale up to 28 millimeter. <laughs> Which then, in that case, you could be playing, like, closer to 40K tanks? Yes, and, like, war yeah. buggies and stuff like that. Yep. Okay. Okay, that seems uh, that seems legit. Yep. Yep, seems good. Um, so you can um, you can do that. I, uh, the recommended, though, is Hot Wheels scale on a 3x3 three three or a 4x4. Four four. Um, the games that I've played have been on a 4x4. Four four. Okay. 
Uh, how, many, how many how many cars do you use? Do you just use one or do you so use I, a couple? Every game that I've used so far has I've only played with two cars, um, and that's okay. actually much less than a standard game. So a standard game, you're playing fifty or hundred cans, um, and you're it's hard to say what the average is because the the cans are the currency you hire with, and the number of cans varies wildly by vehicle type. Okay, um, like they can go from like four cans to like fifty five cans. Oh wow! Okay, um, that's a, that's a huge variety there and on top of that that's just the base and then every car has hard points that you can mount uh weapons or defenses to okay so those are your upgrades yep and those cost cans too uh and sure. also you, if you want guns in different places you have to have crew and those crew additional crew costs more cans too so you can end up spending a lot of uh your your stuff on your cars i would say the average though if you play a 50 can game is going to be uh two to five vehicles okay and we're i mean and we're literally talking hot wheels so we're talking like five dollars worth of models that's correct <laughs> yes <laughs> that is right and you don't have is... you don't have to mod them right like you can just play them right out and just write on their dashboards what they have on and, them and and that's what i've done in the past because uh i'll be honest with you all of mine are star wars hot wheels that i said oh those that looks amazing uh, I always wanted to have an excuse to have a Kylo Ren car and a Yoda car, and so I picked them up and and you know I don't I don't necessarily want to paint over them, so I don't. Yeah, so let's um let's talk about why you're wrong about that specifically. Um, so I think you should probably keep your Star Wars cars, but I think you should also buy some cars uh, to specifically to mod. To now that I game. that I also agree with. I just um, haven't done it. You haven't done it. But, you know, for the, the listeners let, let, that may not know anything about the game, aside from the fact that it exists, um, let's talk about why you might want to do that. So there are a system of perks in the game, and I, I want to note that you can just pay for the perks with uh, cans. So you can sort of make your own theming by picking specific per- perks. Um like all right is okay yeah this is definitely something i wanted to get into because this is new right um yeah mostly new yep Mm -hmm. okay we were talking about sponsorships right oh we're gonna get to sponsorships okay okay yeah 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 yeah. there were always sponsors but there were only a couple now there are lots and also you can effectively make your own sponsor by sort of looking through the different perks that exist um and then making your own um with it so like an example is you could take military perks like rapid fire which say once per round after attacking with a weapon this wep- this vehicle may resolve an additional attack step in which it may only uh, make an attack with that weapon so right. <clears throat> it lets you you know fire a weapon twice and that's a two-can upgrade so you could you could essentially make some sort of like paramilitary force and name them however you wanted to and just take those military perks to theme them out um, but also there are sponsors. And so the sponsors are pre-themed uh, things that you don't have to pay for. Um, it's basically you pick the perk or you pick the sponsor and then every car gets the perks based on the sponsorship and the types of cars. Um, and okay. then you can buy additional perks for them after that. Okay. So that's that's fun because that actually gives you uh, some built-in upgrades so this way you can play conceivably with some upgrades that you're getting through these sponsors sponsorships yep and then and the, still and be able to field a few more cars or that's right another and, car 
And if you take a sponsorship, you can still buy more perks, but they lock you into the perk classes of the sponsorship. So like Rutherford is a sponsorship that only lets you take badass and military perks. So if you take Rutherford, which gives you four perks for all your cars without paying for them, you can also take more perks, but they have to be badass or military. That seems that seems cool, though. You know, it keeps it in theme. It's basically it's basically keywords in Malifaux or themes in in War Machine. Exactly. Um, And there's really cool theming for all of them. Like one of my favorites that they've they've added in the new book uh, is called The Order of the Inferno. (laughs) Okay, that sounds uh, brutal. Yeah. And and they they're 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 perk classes, horror and speed. uh, And they're all about lighting shit on fire, including their own cars. Like their, their cars, if they're on fire, get bonus evade dice. Cause Jeez, they're just like okay, rolling cool. around on fire. Right. They're awesome. <laughs> um, and then also, uh, and they also reduce fire damage taken to a minimum of one. Um, so you're generally, basically you can reduce damage by three. Um, and then to a minimum of one. So you can ba- basically make it so that even if you're on fire and you set your own cars on fire, um, you're limiting the damage they're taking while they're on fire. Right. That makes sense. So to go back to Malifaux, they're uh, Karis. Yeah, basically they're Karis. They want to <laughs> live in fire. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but also there's another sponsor called Be- Beverly, the Devil on the Highway. And the way this one works, it's such a cool perk It or such a cool sponsor. Basically, you have one car that's a real car okay and then all the other cars are ghosts what and and the ghost cars have special rules that the ghost rider the the non-ghost car has and you use these like uh soul tokens to do cool things with the ghost cars well now i now yeah now i'm in and i found my sponsor (laughs) right so, and you need the new book, right? Because the new book is where the the devil on the highway is. Right. Um, but that's just again an example of how much new cool shit is inside this um, the the Gaslands Refueled book. Yeah, I I mean I'm I'm I, everything I've been hearing about it and seeing on Facebook has just been amazing at how much there is. Oh, dude, so so much. This book is con. This book is so content range, and the more I read, the more into the game I am because it. Basically, it's it's the kind of game that fully encourages the player's creativity. Um, like even working inside of the frameworks that are in the book, it's it allows for just an immense amount of creativity for you to build what you want and then play what you want. Right, which is great. Yeah, it's super. Which is good. what those which is what those types of rule sets are meant to do, right? I mean, you yeah. Know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And and, and you know paint up your car, you know, knock out the windows, put a little screen in there and you know, all that type of stuff. But also it wants to be accessible, right? So it, it lends itself to being a very, very accessible game. Right. Hence, hence the fact that I have been able to just throw some Star Wars Hot Wheels on the car, on the table and play. Yep. Okay. So let's just quickly talk about the main game mode. Cause there are, we talked about the fact that there are, you know, over 20 game modes, but the game, the main game mode is death race because the original theming of the game was that like the hum- it's sort of post-apocalyptic resources on earth are scarce if available at all. Uh, but there is a thriving colony on Mars. 
supposedly. Uh, right. And one of the ways to win a trip to Mars is to participate in a death race. Uh, and so seems the, legit. Seems legit. And so the death race is um, part of the game. And, and the way the game works, the way the death race specifically works, is you have four gates. You have a start gate, gate one, gate two, and the finish line. Um, and I'll say with people playing, so if you have teams of two cars, uh, you can expect a death race with four players to take a couple of hours, right? Maybe like an hour and a half once you know what you're doing. So that gives you an idea of how long it takes to play. Um, and as we noted, the way the game works is, uh, each player in sort in what, however you, there's a way of determining initiative, which we can get into, but you basically determine who's going to have initiative. And then you go around the table, activating cars. And there are the six gear phases. Each car has up to six gears, but not every car has a sixth gear. The bigger trucks and stuff don't. Uh, and the way it works is you select a movement phase. Are you in the movement phase? Each one of your cars that's in that gear or higher. So in gear in gear phase one, everybody gets to go because that's the lowest gear you can be in. But right. let's say it's it's gear phase four and your car got stuck in gear phase three or in gear three, then you don't get to go in gear phase four because your car is not going fast enough. Okay, but conceivably you might be safer because you had more control over your car. That's right. Conceivably. <laughs> right. So let's let's talk about what informs that decision because this is like the part of the game here so how it works is you have to look at your car that you're going to activate and select a movement template now as soon as you select one you're committed to it okay so as soon as you touch it right that's the rule is as soon as you touch it you have to use it and if you don't then the player to your left gets to choose the maneuver template to put out Oh, jeez. Okay. Right. That's fun. Yes, it's very good. <laughs> it's like the best rule, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you have to pick that thing and put it down. And here's the, the, the real tricky part. Because each gearing, so if you look at a template, you can see the gears it's usable in. Right? So it'll tell you what gears you can use it in. So like sharp turns, for example, I think lock out at gear phase four. So you can use them in one through four, but not five or six. Okay. Uh, and the other thing that's cool is depending on what the gear what the gear is, you might get what's called a bonus shift or a bonus hazard. So what are shifts and hazards? Shifts, yeah, what are shifts and hazards? Shifts, <laughs> yep. So shift results allow you to sh- do what it sounds like. You can shift up or down. So you can downshift okay. or upshift at the cost of taking a hazard token. So anytime you shift, you always have to gain hazard. Okay. Now, also, you can gain hazards, like I said, by selecting a hazardous maneuver for your gear, like a hairpin in fourth gear, for example, comes with a hazard token because, holy shit, you're going real fast, right? Right. And so hazards are a thing that you accumulate on your car, and as soon as you get six, you wipe out. Okay. And wiping so out... So when you wipe out, are you out of the game? No. You When you wipe out, you go down to gear phase one, and the opponent okay. to your left gets to face your car whichever direction they'd like to. <laughs> okay. I like that. That's fun. Um, yep. So that's uh, that. There's an incentive to not wipe out, but also sometimes wiping out's not the worst thing, actually. Uh, and I think the only way you can actually feel that out is by playing. It's hard to explain, but at the end of a phase, it might be good for you just to reset your hazards and then reset back to gear one and start in gear phase one of the next turn. Um, and, and because it, your cars are pretty maneuverable because in gear one, anything that's marked as gear one, you can use in forward or reverse. 
So like you can hairpin reverse in gear one. Um, okay. And get cool. yourself back into a good position only. And as long as you upshift into gear two, you can use that to get yourself into a position to speed off. Right. Um, and you might want to stall oh, out. So, 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 and the, and the, and the way it functions, right. So if you're in, in gear one mm-hmm. and say you do your hairpin turn and you shift, get yourself a hazard. Yep. Then you get to go again in the next phase because you shift it up. That's right. But let's also talk because after you select your movement template, you also have a choice to roll your shift dice. <laughs> and so you have uh, the there are the custom D6s in the game and there is a resolution table that you can follow or you can buy dice that have them pre-printed on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have shift results, they have hazard results, they have slide and spin results. Okay. And what you can do is you can take as many as you want up to your handling value and roll them. Okay. And so this is how you can give yourself more because there's, I think, three shift results on every die and then one of each other one. Okay. Okay. Um, And it might be, it might actually be two shift, two hazard, one slide, one spin. Um, But either way, um, you roll them out and then you can also what's called push it and pushing it. You take a hazard to re-roll the dice you don't want. Okay. And then once your dice are rolled, you can use a shift to cancel a hazard either on a dice or on your car. So if you roll what I've started to call a bull shift, which is when you roll all shifts and it can't happen. (laughs) You can then like shift into the gear you want and then use the rest of your dice to clear your hazards that you got for shifting. So like if, for example, you had four handling, you rolled four shifts, you could shift up twice and then remove both the hazards. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, And then there's also, there's also spin uh, and slide, which are awesome. Uh, uh, The, the slide you there each template has a notch in it and you put the thing into the notch and then you have to come out parallel with the the edge that's not notched it's hard to explain unless you see the token it's like a square that has a space it has a triangle that fits into the notch and then the edge of that you have to put the car parallel to it so the thing that's shitty is like on a straight thing that that thing goes right in so you end up making a 90 degree turn but okay. on your turns, it causes you to drift. So if you the, the you can actually want to slide because the slides will allow you to like move into a position that your opponents aren't necessarily anticipating. So you might be rolling for those slides, right? Okay. Uh, and then the spin allows you to turn your car up to ninety degrees at the end of your movement, and you can do that at the end of a slide too. So you can resolve that at the end of the movement. So you could potentially move move out to the slide template and then spin yourself. Um, but each one of those causes hazards. Slides give you a hazard uh, and spin also gives you a hazard. So while you can do these like jackass daredevil maneuvers, you also end up paying for them in taking hazard on your car. Which seems fair, right? Risk reward. Yes. Risk reward. Uh, also you gain hazards for collisions. Collisions are awesome. <laughs> Uh, collisions can cause you to wipe out because you gain two additional hazard when collisions happen. Um, and this can cause you to wipe out and also cause damage to your car. 
Um, if you if you take damage in your car equal to your car's essentially your hull value, uh, your car becomes a wreck, uh, and then is just hazardous terrain at that point that you that someone else can smash into later. Okay. So I think that pretty much covers the like basics of movement. So let's talk about death race a little bit because the cool thing about death race is uh, we we talked about the fact earlier that you glue 40k weapons and other modern weapons onto these cars. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Yes, because you can have guns and <laughs> harpoons and nets and oil and flamethrowers and right. ramps and Every, all everything, kinds of cars. Everything you saw in a Mad Max film and said, that's amazing. Yes, all of that stuff you can glue onto your car and then use. And the cool thing about what, the way that Death Race works is once your car passes gate one, it's weapons free. So your weapons are locked. They're basically, you have to think of it as like, there's this evil overseer. And as soon as your car passes gate one, he turns your guns on. Oh jeez. Okay. So as soon as soon as you pass gate one, it's weapons free and all fucking chaos goes. So like the game I played, you know, where, what, like one person is like daredeviling their cars through gate one. And then another person sees that. So his tail car basically just like whirp, rips a Yui and goes back so he can be facing gate two. Basically, he goes through gate one, rips a U-turn and starts going toward gate two the other direction so that as those cars are coming through gate two, he's shooting at them. Oh, nice. Um, because the card, you know, wiped out or whatever. So, it, so, you get so, it. so you're getting a good amount of... of uh... Dynamism. Dynamism. Yeah. And if you had a car that didn't have any guns and just had ramps, you could just aim it at gate two backwards. (laughs) Right? Right. Like, because the way that it works is usually you set the gates up in the corners. um, And then uh, gate, the starting line is facing gate one. uh, And then gate two is in another, it's basically facing another corner. So you end up coming in a diagonal line across the board and then you have to turn, uh, you know, like 90 or 110 degrees to start heading toward gate two. Right. And, th- and that makes it really dynamic because somebody can just go from the state, the starting line to gate two backwards so that he can run into cars as they're coming through gate one toward gate two. That's okay. So, so it, it, the location of the gates are those pre-laid out for you. Uh, so, so that's as the a scenario that's, objective kind of thing. That's or the is figure like... eight because you that if you think about it, that's the way that that goes is in a figure eight. But there's also a teardrop where the start line and the finish line are the same gate, and you go through okay. gate one and then do a teardrop motion into gate two back toward the finish line. Um, but you can set the gates however, however you want. If you wanted to just do a drag race, you could, but that'd be pretty boring. Right. 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 No, that's cool though that you can have those have that variety to it. Yeah, it's awesome, uh, so cool. And the weapon variety, man. So also, all right, you also have your weapons phases, right? Like every gear phase has a weapon phase too. Um, okay. And the way weapons work is so like the the most easy weapon to describe is the heavy machine gun. Um, and so the way the heavy machine gun works is you just roll two d six. Uh, and any, I think it's four, five, or six is a hit, and a six is two hits. Okay. And then as the defending car, you roll a number of evade dice equal to your current gear. So the faster you're going, the harder you are to hit. And then for you, it's the same thing. Four, five, and six cancels a hit. Six cancels two hits. Okay. 
Uh, and okay. that's it. Uh, and then collisions work their own way, uh, which is a, there's a table for resolution because there's there's multiple weight classes, right? There's lightweight, middleweight, heavyweight cars, and then tanks and big rigs. Um, and basically, bigger cars into into lighter cars is bad for the low, lighter cars. Right. Um, but there are certain weapons that give you weight class, right? Like, be, because it's supposed to be a representation of, like, a chainsaw sticking out of the side of your car, as an example. Um, so it basically allows you to roll more dice as an attack as you come into them. Right, right. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the, that's the death race and the, and the basic mechanics of the game, but there's just so much other stuff, man. Like there's the special events. Let me just read these to you. Truckosaurus, tank commander, monster truck smash, desert strike, and big game hunter. (laughs) Like those are scenarios in this book, uh, where you do things like roll for monster trucks uh, and you get to play in a monster truck thing or you could play desert strike which has some like capture the flag stuff or you could do uh, a zombie bash is another one that you can do and the zombie bash is what it sounds like there are zombies on the board that are doing bad stuff you're just supposed to run them over and shoot them yes Uh, game ends when either fewer than 10 zombies remain in play or one player has killed 20 zombies oh wow oh wow how many zombies go on the board um i have to look a lot 10 per player more than 10 per player wow okay that's awesome yeah um so yeah that's it man you just put the zombies down and then everybody is trying to smash zombies because remember this is supposed to be like a televised thing it's like a tv show and so people in dystopian earth Want to watch people running over zombies? Heck yeah! Oh, now all I uh, all I can think of is uh, fucking Running Man. Yeah, I mean that that's what it is. I mean that the Death Race is basically Running Man, right? Or what? Or the movie Death Race? The right? Like yeah, yep, it's yep. just like that. That's that that is literally Gas Nights. It's Mad Max meets Death Race or Running Man. Choose your your thing. But you can also build war rigs, which are like. 18 wheelers that have stuff like I saw someone that basically built the war rig from Mad Max Fury Road complete with flamethrowing guitar player. Yeah, that was badass. I saw that on on the book of faces. Yep. Um and just all sorts of stuff. You can have articulated cars that are like pulling uh cabs and the cabs can have like an array of heavy machine gun turrets or whatever on them, like, or whatever you want them to have big tanks of gas that you can disconnect and leave somewhere. So if someone runs into them, they explode. Like (laughs) that's like the ultimate, the ultimate turtle shell right there. (laughs) Right. (laughs) There's just so many rules and I could have that one wrong, but like I reading through here, conceivably I could tell someone how I wanted something to work and justify it with rules that are already in the book. Oh, that's awesome. That's 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 pretty cool. So you can you can kind of visualize it how you want it to be, and there's a framework for it. Very much like uh, you know when you when you tell your DM when you're playing Dungeons and Dragons. Exactly. That you do exactly. Like, sure. Here's how you do it. Exactly. Um, and the and the rules are all really easy to follow. Like and, and also not hard to find. Like everything works sort of the way you would expect it to, and nothing is very hard to find inside of the uh, inside of the game. There's a lot of other companies that need to hire their index person. Then, well, th- there is no index, but everything is where you would think it's going to be. The, the no index is actually my only complaint about the book. Okay, 
But even despite the fact that there's no index, it's very easy to find the information you need. Like I haven't had it because the, the, a, the table of contents is well organized and B within the fact that the, cause the, the table of contents has sub stuff. So like, for example, you see like collisions on 52 and then in there collision windows, resolving a collision orientation reactions. So it's basically, so it's, it's pretty much an index, index in the table oh, of contents. Yes. Right. In the front of the book instead of the back. Right. Yep. Um, so everything's really easy to find. Um, uh, like when we had to reference the book, we were like into the book and finding what we needed within 30 seconds generally. Wow. That's great. Yep. And you didn't find much like to argue about. No. And, and honestly, the game sort of sets itself up as that, you know, guys, this isn't supposed to be a competitive game. You're supposed to be racing hot wheels and laughing. Like, right. <laughs> uh, so, and that's kind of like the, the golden rule of the game. And and the golden rule of ga- the game is actually called the rule of carnage. Uh, and that's that whenever you need to make a decision that the players can't agree on, you make the decision that causes the most damage. <laughs> Ah, that's it. That is a good one. That's uh, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much the same philosophy uh, FFG takes with the Arkham games, right? Yes. Whenever you can't figure grim, out how something works, you have rule. to pick the thing that is the worst for the players. Yeah, the grim rule. Yep, it's just yeah. like that. Yeah, that's great. I like that. I, that's always that's always a good feeling because then you know nobody's like benefiting from it. Right. You know exactly. What I mean? It's like oh, it's just gonna screw y'all. Exactly. Oh, man, there is just so much cool stuff. Like, as we're talking, I'm, like, just flipping through the dropped weapons, like the glue dropper, the caltrop, napalm dropper. <laughs> yeah, um, that's all fun. <laughs> it's so good. So, the so nap- let, me, let, me, let, me ask you, let me ask you a quick important question about the book. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I know that you have the, the hardcover version. Uh, what did it cost you? Um, I was a, a bad person and bought it from Amazon, uh, okay. and it was twenty two fifty nine, but it's thirty bucks as listed on the back. That is, uh, that's a good price. You said it's, it's one hundred ninety two pages. One hundred ninety two page hardcover that has all the templates that you need to photocopy. Uh, one of our players actually photoed the copy, photocopied, photocopied. Uh, <laughs> he photocopied the templates, cut them out, basically traced them onto cardstock, and then cut the cardstock out with the printed templates and glued them together. And he's got hard cardstock templates. Yeah, that's what I was thinking that would be the way to go. If you don't if buy you don't, the acrylic if, ones. Yeah, if you yeah. don't want to buy acrylic. Yeah. So my acrylic templates were 20 bucks, uh, and the dice I bought were like 8 So Right. You, that's not bad. You don't have to spend a ton of money. Yeah. No, and then and then you get to go uh, every time you go to you know Target or whatever you go. Oh, honey, I just want to go check out the Hot Wheels. Right, and there's like so there's a really cool team that I called Slime, and the Slime guys their main rule is called Pinball, um, and I, I I could go and look up Pinball, but you can imagine how it works, right? Basically, like they get to move extra when they get hit. Uh, and so the way that they activate is by like activating and bumping each other to pinball faster and faster up the board. That's pretty awesome. Uh, and the idea is they're all driving like Volkswagens and sort of buggy type cars. Um, and so I've been buying like hatchbacks to make a slime team. Nice. Okay. That's fun. I like that. What, uh, what, what was the other one that you made the other night? Uh, the highway patrol. Yeah, 
Um, so I got like two things that look like one of them looks like a like a Dodge Intrepid or like a Ford Taurus, like an old police, like a police car. Uh, uh-huh. And then one of them is like a like a military style SUV. And the other one looks like a panel van. Uh, <laughs> and so I have them uh, painted up like uh, basically broken down and then repurposed police cars because they're, you know, they're not actually police. They just f- fancy themselves police. Right. And and you attached some 40K bits, right? I did. I, uh, I broke apart some Tau guns because they look like machine guns and flamethrowers. And then also uh, some the ends of Goss rifles or Goss blasters for uh-huh. Necrons. Cause they look like things that deployable weapons would come out of the front of, uh, yeah, yeah, or the okay. back of. And so they're glued onto the back and they're basically like Caltrop droppers or, you know, and, and I think I'm actually going to fashion one as a napalm dropper. Cause the, the, <laughs> the deployed napalm is absolutely devastating. Right. As it should be. Yep. Okay. So that's, that's fun. Yeah, man. So you, so you got two that you're already considering working on and, so well, the Highway Patrol you... cars are done, uh, and then yeah. the Slime team I'm working on. Okay, so hobby-wise, mm-hmm. uh, are you just priming over the Hot Wheel paint? Or I stri- am. Like, some people I see strip, like, take the cars apart and strip Boy, them. And... That seems like a lot of work, especially if you're just going to make them look rough after. Um, so I bought flat spray paint primer. Um, I'm not wasting like expensive model specific stuff. I just bought like Rust-Oleum Painters Touch 2X flat. I bought a flat black, a fat blue, and a flat red. Uh, And that's what I'm putting over them. And then I'll just paint over that. So um, the slime team, I'm actually going to probably paint over with flat black and then use my airbrush to make them like uh, some cool kind of like bright green color. And then I'm going to chip a bunch of the paint off and rust them up and stuff like that. Cool. Okay. So how are you, how are you, uh, are you punching out windows? Or are you like putting tape over them when you spray them? Oh, uh, no. Cause if you prime, prime the windows, you, I mean, so there's lots of things you can do. Um, there's like this sort of like jeweler's mesh that you can buy at a hobby store. And that gives you that like cool kind of like the windows are busted out and there's uh, a metal wire in there to help protect the people that are inside. Um, right. You could buy some plastic card and make it look like armor plating with slits cut out of it. Um, but my highway patrol cars, they're just the windshields are painted. I painted them black uh, and then I put some gray in the area where the light source is just to make them look like blacked out windshields. Oh, cool. OK, that's a good idea, because that's what always kind of also tripped me up is like I don't want to take the car apart. Uh, but, you know, I didn't know if how to approach the windows. Yeah. You know? I just painted them black. Okay. That's a good idea. Oh, that works for all of them, but that definitely works for, for the highway patrol and for the devil on the highway too. Cause if you, if you chose that, that thing where you're going to play the ghosts. Oh, I already did. Yeah. There, I mean, there's, there's <laughs> no reason like what, I mean, a thing you could do, dude, you could, you could buy cars with open windows, open side windows, right? Hear me out. Open side windows, black out the front and rear, uh, and then put like green LEDs or something on the I was inside. Just thinking that exact thing, or like a, a black, a, a black light LED. Oh yeah, or or you could just buy cotton balls and put make it look like there's like wisps of smoke inside <laughs> the cars. Dude, like th- that, and that's what I'm talking about. This game just allows you to like just run free with your creativity. 
Yeah, but now I feel like you challenged me to make a LED glowing one. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna say not to. It sounds badass. It does. Oh man, now I gotta go find. Uh, I gotta go Hot Wheel shopping because <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna destroy one of my Star Wars. And how cool is this? Right, I'm not like Paul. Go buy this game. By the way, starter sets are a hundred dollars. Extra miniature sets are thirty. Like I'm talking. I'm telling you, like. You can just go buy this hardcover book for like $25 to $30 and then buy like $5 to $10 worth of Hot Wheels. And that's literally what you need. And you could play it with your wife or anybody yeah, that's, else. That's actually one of the things I was thinking about. Because she already plays X-Wing. We've and dabbled like, in X-Wing, so I don't see why this wouldn't transfer. No, I mean, it absolutely transfers. It, it's, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a lot deeper. There's a lot more game here than there is in X-Wing. I mean, X-Wing players fucking fight me. But there, there's much more to this, especially for the hobbyist. And, and even in the rule sets, like, because of the fact that you can totally kit out and customize your cars, it's, it's not the same thing as choosing a ship and upgrades. It is so much more deeply customizable. But also, there's lots of ways to play the game without having to, to think about that. Like, if you're the type of person that's like, all these options, oh, my head's going to explode. Like, you don't need to worry about it. You can just tell your friends, like, hey, can we just say these ga- these cars aren't WYSIWYG, they're just cars with front-mounted tur- or front-mounted machine guns, and we just play with machine guns and play death rays, and that's perfectly fine. Yeah, see, I like this. I love the sound of that, to be perfectly honest with you. That sounds like a good, like a good Saturday night relaxing at home. Yeah, this is, like, the, the ultimate of that. Like, it's just heavier that I wouldn't call it a true, like, beer and pretzels game, right? Because it... And and actually, you know what? I could play this game stone drunk. So it, it really and still be fine, even if we got some rules wrong, because that wouldn't take away from the game. It's like D and D, right? Like the rules are there for you to use them if you need them, but also don't use them if you don't like them, right? Just right. use the ones you like and not the ones you don't. And Gaslands, as long as you stick within the core framework where you're you're result like you're at least resolving the way that the things are supposed to work correctly. You can fudge stuff. Like, as long as you're being consistent and having a good time, I think that's what this game really wants you to do. Right. Which is which is awesome. Like I I love that. And like I said, I it's been a while since I've played it, probably at least a year. Year and a half maybe mm-hmm. since I since I played it, so I, I don't remember everything, but I know that I was laughing and having a grand time playing it. It's so good. Here, I want to read you this quick. Remember I was telling you about slime? Yeah. So, pinball. If this vehicle is involved in a collision during its movement step, in which the point of contact on both vehicles is along their side edges, and this vehicle declares a smash attack, (laughs) and so what that means is in a side collision, basically you choose whether or not you want to evade or... It's basically, are you turning the steering wheel away from the car or into the car? Right. Okay. So smash attack is into the car. Then this vehicle may immediately resolve another movement step after the current movement step. Oh, that's cool. Right? So you're like slingshotting your guys by like hitting them and button up against them. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that. Yeah, it's so, so rad. Uh, and then like this vehicle counts. The RAM upgrade is requiring zero build slots. <laughs> 
So you just okay. put Rams on all the cars. Because <laughs> they want them there, so this way they can pinball. Yep. Um, yes, it's so good. And also, we didn't talk about audience votes. And truthfully, I can't. I didn't haven't played with audience votes yet, so I can't really speak to how they work exactly, other than that you can use them kind of like soul stones, right? They're a resource that you can spend to do cool stuff. Uh, and the slime has one called Live Fast. It says, during this player's activation, if this vehicle begins the wipeout step with more hazard tokens than hell points, this vehicle's controller gains one audience vote. It basically means the crowd is cheering because you're going, like, so fast it's insane. Right. It's, so it's it's momentum. Yep. It's momentum it, from Gilball. It is, yeah, momentum. Or, yeah, right. I think momentum is probably the best way to describe it. Yep. That's pretty cool. I like that as a mechanic. Super cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. Everything in the game is rad as hell. Yeah, it sounds like they, they did some good stuff as far as, uh, you know, a, a second edition. Because that's really what it is, right? It's a full-on second edition. It's not an expansion. It's no, it's kind of like 1.5. Because some of the stuff has been errated. A lot of it's the same. They didn't change anything about the templates or the dice. Um, but everything's been cleaned up. The the book has very clear. So the the first book was actually really hard to follow. It was written in a way that didn't really flow. Like the rules didn't flow in a way that as you were reading it, you understood how to play the game. You kind of had to read the whole book to get it. Uh, and this book is written in a very easy to follow way with lots and lots and lots of clear illustrations. And I mean lots. Like I'm looking at page 48 and 49 right here, and there are one, two, three, four, five pictorial examples of how obstructions work. Oh wow, good. Most more games need to do that. Yeah. Um, so there, there's just it, and 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 everything's really clearly written, really easy to understand. Um, so I think it's just it's just a very very well put together and written book. Awesome. Oh, that's exciting. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to to getting to put this on the table again. Oh, dude, you should be super excited. All right, and so I'm gonna correct something. I'm gonna go. Anybody that's leaving comments and is like, "You guys were wrong." I'm gonna just say right now, the dice. It's one hazard, one spin, one slide, three shift. Okay. So a bull shift isn't actually that uh, abnormal, but you hate when your opponents roll it. Like, if your opponent rolls all shifts, you're like, come the fuck on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's that's good, though, right? I mean, that's uh, that, that's kind of like your, your lucky roll either way, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's your, your, your I don't know, critting the, out the butt and, you know, Song of Ice and Fire or something. Yeah, exactly. All right, so I want to now do this thing because – so we talked about audience votes, and I want to set the record straight because, again, I haven't played with them, right? Like I, I still have only – I've only played two games at this point, but I'm very excited. And, I, and now I'm doing the like theory foe, right, or theory game like where I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I sure. like – I'm thinking about it in my head, like how the game works, how the perks work. And it, it's – aside from Malifaux and Song of Ice and Fire, it's the game I'm thinking about most. Um and so the way that the audience votes are is that when a player has a chance to activate a vehicle, before the player declares which vehicle they spend, they can announce they're going to spend audience votes. So that's how that's the mechanic for the trigger of an audience vote, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the things you can do are like burn rubber. So select any vehicle you control, 
that vehicle may immediately change gear, either up one or down one, and gain a hazard as normal. Um, and then you can use this effect to declare an activation with the vehicle that was previously unable to activate in this gear phase. Oh, cool. Right. So, like, if you didn't shift up into third gear in the third gear phase, you can spend an audience vote to have that car burn rubber to get up into third. Right. Or if you're like, oh, crap, if I if I have to move uh, now, I'm limited to, you know, these templates that's going to take me straight into a wall, I'm going to downshift, so I'm not activating this turn. Sure. Yep. That is correct. That's pretty awesome. Uh, you can also... That's a lot of player agency. Here's another great one. Thunderous applause. Select a vehicle you control. <laughs> immediately remove D6 hazard tokens. Wow. So a lot like momentum, right? And there and there's yeah. a ton of them. Um, a ton of them. I like it. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to uh, talk to Jim. Well, as I didn't talk about it earlier, but I'm I'm on like a Star Wars diet at the moment. So in the new year. Oh, here's a good one. Executive intervention. Two audience votes. Select a vehicle you do not control. The selected vehicle immediately gains hazard tokens until it has five. Oh, geez. Because <laughs> you're basically calling in a favor to the people that are running it to make a car crash, right? Or whatever. That's awesome. Like, so, so good. Visualize like caltrops popping out of the ground out of nowhere or something, you know? Or like at the beginning of the race, the person who was supervising the race uh, put like a tiny little like micro bomb or something on every single car's brake line <laughs> right yeah exactly and then he like cuts that car's brake line when you yep. call in the intervention so yeah all that stuff man that's fantastic yeah i mean very, that's such an cool. easy sell too because it's like you need so little to be able to play yep uh, and that just kind of makes it even more amazing Yeah. Um, so clearly, so I feel other... I feel strongly about this game. Well, you know, I I think the uh, the the listeners will take comfort in the fact that you just need Hot Wheels. Just Hot Wheels. I'm not trying just to. Hot Wheels. I'm not trying to sell you a big box here. I'm saying, buy this one book, um, buy some Hot Wheels cars because this game is rad. Like, straight up and down, one of the most fun miniatures games I've ever played. That's all. That's a that's a pretty glowing endorsement. Oh, it's so good. I can't wait to play it again. I'm, like, so excited to play more. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing more and, and hopefully sharing some stories soon. Good. Well, like I said, in the new year because it's all Star Wars all the time. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I want to do a Gaslands Revisited after I've played the game, you know, 20 times or so. And I can actually right. speak more authoritatively to all the rules. Because right now I'm kind of a dilettante, right? Like, I'm really excited because it's brand new and fresh. Um, but there's no way this game doesn't have legs. Like, everything about what I described should make you feel like the game has legs. All those game modes... And the fact that, like, you, the cars are so customizable, no two death races are going to go the same. It's just not going to happen. Right. And even just being able to, like, even if you used all the same cars, just changing where the gates are. Exactly. Or 
how you're started and who starts in pole position and all that stuff, right? All those things change how the game works dramatically and even how you feel. Like the first game that we played, we were like, everybody was kind of like the first cars. They were like, I'm going to go out medium. I'm going to go out something. I'm gonna go. And then the one player was like, no, nah, fuck you guys. And then like turned <laughs> right into us to cause multiple collisions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. And because what happens is a car hits a car and that causes a collision window. And if that car wrecks or wipes out, it moves. And if it hits another car, that causes another collision window. And you just have like wrecks on wrecks. Uh, But yeah, so good. I like it. That's pretty pretty hilarious. So yeah, that's Um, Gaslands. Yeah. Uh, So surprisingly, we've been talking about this for a really long time. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we're... Almost over an hour on Gaslands. We are. So, uh, do you have, I mean, you just gave us a lot of thoughts, but what's your, your final thought well, on my, Gaslands? My, yeah, my final thought is going to be to come around and uh, fulfill the promise at the beginning of the episode to, to close the meta-narrative. Um, and the, the meta-narrative for me is that I am very much interested in exploring more miniatures agnostic games. Uh, and games that don't cost as much in resources or dedicated miniature lines to play. Um, okay. And the nice thing for me is because I love these books, I already have a lot of them. <laughs> um, uh, so I think you should look forward to me re- revisiting Gaslands and also possibly uh, in the very near future talking about Last Days because I own a lot of modern miniatures and zombie miniatures from the Zombicide games that Simon produces. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm reading this Gaslands book has made me realize that these games are excellent for me and that I like games that allow me that sort of like half role playing, half miniatures sort of feel where I can customize to the level that I want to and use the rule set the way that I want to to make a fun scenario. Uh, mm-hmm. And now that like I ha- I've had last days for over a year now um, and I never played it because initially I was like, I don't have a good selection of terrain. I don't have, you know, I, I was making excuses as to why I wasn't getting into last days, but those excuses are over now that I've played a game that's in this format, miniatures, agnostic um, campaign driven, story driven, narrative driven, more like single by single creating storytelling moment type games uh, than your like straight up skirmish tournament style game. And I think I'm finding that this is the kind of game. This is what I want out of my miniatures games. Like I'm still not stopping playing Malifaux or I song of ice and fire. But the reason I play games is to laugh and tell stories about the games that I play. Uh, And these, this style of game seems to fit like right it's like the goldilocks thing for me right it does all the things i want and that they provide solid easy to follow rule sets uh Mm -hmm. and check all those boxes of custom customizability uh and scenario variation and just like giving giving you a framework to have a really good time with your friends around a table yeah you know it's interesting that you say that because i was playing x-wing with jim last night and you know that's a that's a fairly competitive game in general. And I said to I said to Jim at one point I said I'm really enjoying this game. And I'm right now I'm not 100 percent sure if it's the game itself or because we're just having a fun time playing and interacting with each other. I, I, I'm going to tell you it's mostly too 
right? You can't have two without one, right? right. One is important, but two is the is the thing. Yeah, two makes it. You know, when you're when you're outside of a tournament, and and I mean, I guess even in a tournament, number two, you know, the player, your opponent, makes the experience. But when you're when you're just playing for fun, um, there's a lot more that that brings. Exactly. Right. Um, which is which is great. Which is definitely a a, a good experience to have. So that was my final thought, is that I'm going to be exploring miniatures agnostic systems more uh, as I can in the future. Um, I'll final thought with everybody should play Gaslands, and there's no reason not to. Oh, 100% <laughs> agree. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, I guess Chris didn't make it, so poo-poo on him. Um but as far as everybody that did make it through the episode with us, thank you for listening. Um, make sure you check out Static as a City on Spotify and listen to all their music, and not just what they've been kind enough to allow us to use. Um, if you really like what we're doing, uh, come support us on Patreon. Uh, that allows us to, to host and uh, I'm currently trying to figure out how to build a website. Uh, and so hopefully that will pay for hosting that as well. So come support us, uh, join our discord links for both of those will be in the show notes. Uh, we're on Facebook, uh, but we're more active on the discord. Uh, we do have Twitter. We like to post pictures of, of Kevin's painting cause he's the one that paints the most and, uh, Instagram, but, uh, we're there. I, I don't know that it sees much use, but yeah. So um, thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, we appreciate it. Bye.